Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Howdy. It's the In Wheel Time car talk show. Coming up, Richard Tomlin from Apex Auto Works joins us to talk about the Pikes Peak Hill Climb and the new Apex Race Team. Mr. Mars drives the F-150 Lightning EV and he'll tell you all about it. We'll also have the events calendar and the stories making automotive news headlines. Howdy, along with Mike, out of this world Mars, King Conrad DeLong, we need more, always, Jeff Zekin. I'm Don Armstrong, glad you could join us on this Saturday, February the 11th, 2023. It's going to be a great show. We've uh, already done our preview. If you got to see it, great. If not, Stay tuned for the next three hours, yeah. and you'll find out what we've choose. got coming up. But we have a great show today. Mr. Mars has lined up some great guests for us, and we always appreciate that. That's what he's here to do. It is. Well, not here. He's here to join in the show today and make sure that we're on the air, which sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't. But today, we are. To, today we are. Today we are. Today we are. At, uh, yes, headquarters. And, and we're all very thrilled about that. H-Q. Joining us right now, Mr. Richard Tomlin, Apex Auto Works. Richard, good morning to you. Is it as chilly down there in Alvin as it is up here in Houston, Texas? It is quite brisk for Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no doubt about it. So um, how are things in the Apex Auto Works world? Um, Things are moving quick. Uh, Pike Speak announcement came out for those that made the event. I think they said just over 100 people applied for the event. And uh, 70 made it in. We were selected as one of the 70. We've got two Houston cars. You've got the Apex set, which you see behind me. And then we've got Raymond's Viper, which will be running for the eighth or ninth time up the mountain. Only two other cars from Texas made the cut. Um, So that's pretty impressive for a worldwide event um, to have four cars from Texas showing up to represent. Now, when you you say 100 cars, that's not 100 cars total. 100 cars total, 100 and some applications were submitted because um, Pike Speak goes on an approval process. You have to apply, and then there's a committee that meets, and then the committee selects who's going to come up and represent the race that year. And that and that means across all classes of cars? All classes, all categories. I had no clue it was only 100. Yeah, I thought there was more than that. I thought that would be like 1,000. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is some of the challenges. The Pike Speak wants to make sure that you're serious is what they say. Um, so you're required to pay your full entry fee up front, uh, with the application process. May I ask that how much the entry November. fee is? Um, I want to say it's around five grand. Um, it starts in November. So November you're sending them a check for five K that a race that will happen in June of the following year. Yikes. So Boy, it's that, not for everybody. I was right? going to, I was going to um, say that's, that's quite a commitment. Do they, do they allow spectators? Oh yeah. Huge spectator event, really big spectator event. Actually, it's the only the one day of the year you are allowed to camp on Pikes Peak Mountain oh boy. is the day of the race, the night before the race. So let, let me ask you this. Let's get back to the entry fee. So you send your $5,000 in. Is That's just to have the committee review you, or are you already in the race at that time? No, no, no. So that is just with the application. Okay. That's um, the application fee? Yeah. Well, if you're... If you're <laughs> yeah, it's entry fee and application fee. Yeah, once so- you're actually accepted... Your entry fee is paid. If you're not accepted, your entry fee is refunded. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, Yeah. 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 That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Don't you officiate? Aren't you some type of official for this event? 
Uh, I do. Uh, I'm on the selection committee with them, and I am the uh, one of the technical directors with them as well. Oh. Uh, a team of six for that. So I'm quite so involved with Pikes Peak. Do a lot of things. You do uh, vehicle inspections for the safety side of things. Yeah, I focus mainly on the roll cage structure. Um, all of our safety belts, fire systems. Uh, working on some new stuff with oxygen. Um, up until this year, we've not had a way to actually secure the oxygen in the cars that all the drivers. Not all. Probably 80% of the drivers use oxygen going up, and there is no formal way to secure an oxygen bottle in a race car. So we've uh, started working with a company called uh, Lifeline. They make fire systems, and we're having an aluminum bracket made that will secure an oxygen bottle to a roll cage because 99% of the, well, all the cars have a roll cage, but not all have a tubular roll cage. Some of them are actual carbon fiber monocoque, but it will allow us to secure oxygen bottles in the cars, whereas in the past it's been... Um, you do what you can to secure it the best you can, and you go race. So we'll have a formal well, process. Well, is there something different chambers. between an oxygen bottle that they use in the race cars as opposed to, say, for instance, a fire extinguisher? Aren't they kind of close to the same it's a, size? It's a size issue. It's a size issue on the way that they're made, and that's all we're really doing. Is Listen, it's always up. a size issue. Always. Right. That's what that's what they keep telling me. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I will say, though, that I am very, very happy, uh, Don, that you were willing to come watch the race cars for us to have the in-wheel-time name fly on all the race cars this year. So a- absolutely. that is going to be great. Yep. Listen, I'm really good at washing cars. Uh, uh, I can tell you that. Especially tires and wheels. I'm a tires and wheels kind of guy. All right. Let me ask you, how many classes of cars, trucks, whatever it is, that go up the mountain that are entered into the race? Uh, Right now, there are seven classes total. Seven classes. That's all? Is that that a reduction through the years? Yeah. Well, no. Now it's uh, much simpler. Now it's like a time attack one, time attack two. You've got your open wheel. You've got Pikes Peak open, and then you've got Exhibition, and then you've got the Porsche. I call it the Porsche Cup. It's actually uh, the uh, Cayman GT4 class uh, that Porsche comes out and supports. I think they had 13 cars last year, 11 or 13 cars. Oh, wow. So, obviously, they've got an EV class. The EV gets thrown into Exhibition. They do not have their own class. Okay. In the Exhibition. Exhibition. They do have records, but they do not have their own class yet. Don's more comfortable in the Exhibition class. There's no denying they're quick going uphill. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't they don't they don't run out of oxygen. Yeah, it's um it's interesting with that amount of weight how fast they can still be climbing. because uh, most of your really fast cars are exceptionally light. Uh, when you see these tip in the scales, the Tesla plaid that raced last year that was caged, ready to race, was forty nine ninety four in wow. weight. Well, you're maxed at 5,000 pounds. So they were within six pounds of being over weight to be able to run. It, it's amazing. That's in cage structure. Now to drag 5,000 pounds up the side of that mountain in that pace is pretty impressive. And what, what kind of time did he finish? He, well, this year was a shortened course, but he was top 10. So wow. out of the 76 cars that were there, he was top 10 in the car that was the heaviest in the field. So you just don't, the math doesn't work. But it's electric, so nothing really works the way we think it should. Well, you got a baseline for different. next year. Well, plus, isn't the Plaid all-wheel drive, so traction helps? Correct. All-wheel drive, and absolutely amazing. Um, so so on, the, on the internal combustion engine cars, 
Um, I know you see power adders as far as turbos and superchargers. Do do anybody run uh, nitrous up the hill? Okay, we've 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 lost Richard. So the internet dropped for some reason. The what did the internet dropped? There he is. There he is. Uh, there we he got is. you back. So uh, I'll I'll ask the question again on the uh, internal combustion engines. Uh, I know turbo and supercharging are some of the power adders. Are there also is uh, are there also people that are running nitrous up the hill? There have been people in the past that have run nitrous. Um, I don't see that much anymore. Uh, a lot of the cars on alcohol, methanol, um, oxygenated fuels. Uh, some of you guys may know Jess Hewitt. Uh, looks like Jess Hewitt's going to be working with us with uh, the Unocal racing fuels for the oxygen, oxygenated fuel for us this year. Um, the E85 is really popular up there as well. Uh, the problem with the 85 is the capacity that you carry plus the altitude. You're carrying 50 to 60% more than you would with a uh, gasoline or an alcohol methanol car. So I, I know before we got on the air, I asked about uh, the uh, chassis sitting behind you. Cool-looking uh, induction system on it as well. Uh, tell us about that. So that is uh, my Miata. We call it the Apexo set. Um, LS7, two-speed Jericho. Uh, car weighs about 1,600 pounds. Makes about 600 horse to wheel. <laughs> oh, my God. It is, it is not slow. No. Um, it's, it's got wings. Front and rear, um, functional arrow on the car. For Pikes Peak, it will have active arrow, uh, which means as we come to the corner and come off the gas and go to the brake, the uh, wings will come up like the flaps of an airplane uh, to actually help us slow our speed. As soon as we go back to the gas, the wings will lay out flat, thereby making it minimum drag, and then they'll increase downforce as we increase in speed. It's like a Formula One car. So huge step up for the car this year. Well, kind of, change kind of like a Chaparral was back in the 60s. Exactly, like in the 60s. They had the uh, old manual system. We're just going to be using uh, electronics to manage that for us. Very cool. But huge step up. I'm, I'm pretty excited to actually have that on the car and have it working, uh, especially in a place like Pikes Peak where you can get a lot of time going into each corner. Is there um, is there a pits where all of the cars pit and, and you know, refuel? Yeah, so it's actually... The pits is just before the actual race start. That's where everybody lines up pit-wise. Yeah. Um, you have everybody park their trailers, trucks, and cars down at the bottom. They call it a Cascade Lake. There's a spot back there by the gas pumps where everybody's required to park trucks and trailers. And that all happens Friday before the race. Load all the cars in. Everybody parks their stuff overnight. And then you head back to the hotel. They have on-site security. You come back the next morning. Your race car is sitting out in the parking lot. Get everybody fired up, warmed up, and... Hopefully the weather holds out and away we go. Have you had any snow events during any of these hill climbs? Oh yeah, plenty. Um, <laughs> oh, and that's part of the that's part of the reason that it's been cut down in number of cars. There's a there's a window of about twelve to one thirty that the weather just goes chaotic at the top of the mountain. Um, they've had guys make as many as three to four reruns trying to get actually up the hill. There's video of one guy that's on such um, one-inch-size hail on the road. It was like marbles. He literally could not move because the marbles were just sliding him off the road. Uh, oh. It Mother Nature is really brutal at 14,000 feet. Wow. It just, the wind changes, and all of a sudden, you got snow and hail. 
So where can we where, where can we watch the event? Is it streaming on on a particular platform? Yeah, so it streams on uh, Mobile One. Mobile One pays for the stream every year. Uh, there's a couple. I don't remember the name. There's a helicopter company. They do a live broadcast all from helicopter. Um, there's a couple local radio stations that do commentary for it. And of course, all that can be found on a Pikes Peak International Hill Climb site. But the uh, Mobile One really does a good job. Tanner Faust is usually on there doing announcing. Of course, he races the event as well. So he knows a good bit about it and can carry on a real conversation driving-wise uh, versus some of the announcers I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And this event is when? June 25th. So end of May, uh, we'll start staying in Colorado. Uh, you practice basically weekends up until the event and uh, try and sleep during the week. Get the car ready, show up, and then actually race and make everybody happy. So outside of the race and practice that is a road that goes up to the top of pike's peak that people can drive their cars up there yeah and if, if you show up on your summer vacation in june you really won't even know that we are there except for the hay bales beside the road and the banners because all of our practice all of our racing is done in the morning so we started well i'll start at 1 30 in the morning being ready at the gate to enter the park and then as soon as the sun shows up about 5 25 there we start launching cars, and the cars run until 8 o'clock, 8.15. We shut everything down. Everybody's got to be off the mountain by 9 a.m., which is when the National Park opens. We're rolling out as the tourists start rolling in. Hmm. So and we really only close the park for one day a year, and that's for our race on Saturday, June 25th. And no motorcycles, correct? No motorcycles currently, and they tell me it's not coming back. I think there's so much history in it. I wouldn't mind seeing that happen again, even if it was an exhibition. Um, there's just so much talent in the bike world, and those things are fast. Is it is it just because of a safety issue? They've had um, they've had some legal issues with uh, riders that have passed uh, that are sponsored or were sponsored riders, and uh, I'm not sure of all the legal implications. But too many fatalities on the bike. You crash so, the bike at Pikes Peak. It's uh, not a good day. Okay. Uh, Bar, let's change, get away with it. Let's change the subject for a minute and let's talk about Go. the Apex Auto Works race team. Yeah, so uh, we're doing a little more service this year than we are building cars for people. Um, we are working on two cars that will be stationed in Mexico full time. And the intent is to start basically selling that adventure uh, for the people that wanted to go race either in Mexico with La Carrera or the Chihuahua Express, the Chihuahua. Uh, they'll be able to contact us and basically purchase a package. Um, they can hop on a plane, fly in, and uh, live the life. We'll provide them an uh, amazing car and uh, go race it, come back with a book, videos, uh, bring a couple friends with you, and uh, be a rock star for a weekend or a week, depending on which race you do. Wow, very cool. And uh, obviously you have discovered that there is a want and need in that uh, particular category. In just announcing it, I think we've had five people reach out to us already. Oh, cool. So we are, uh, and I'm pretty small in announcing. Like most of my news comes news comes through you guys or Facebook, and uh, we haven't really put anything out on Facebook. Uh, Mars and I were just talking about it, and uh, it's interesting how word travels fast when it's something that people want. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I think that uh, you know, I look at guys that that can afford Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all of the high-end supercars. Right. And I was not aware. I, I did a, a story, a magazine article, on uh, a particular, I guess it was a Lamborghini. Was it a Lamborghini? It was a Lamborghini. 
And uh, I went up to the Lamborghini store and talked to the guy that ran the store. And I said, so who are these guys? He said, well, they're well-to-do, very successful business people, and they're into cars. Because he had a whole string of really, really nice, very streetable things like Shelby GT500s on the showroom floor. He said, oh, yeah, that one over there has got uh, 1,200 miles on it. What? Yeah, they'll drive them for a while, and, you know, they have their fun with them, and then trade them in and for something else or a step up to a, another model car that's higher, faster, all that sort of thing. And it's just a different mindset that I'm not familiar with, but these guys have the money. Uh, the, and, yeah, John, you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head with the whole buying and selling, and that's kind of the point with the race cars is they don't want to take the time to build a race car to go do the event. So they want to show up and do the events and not mess with the car. So we're basically going to build two cars that share the exact same components. So we've got an easy spares package, stuff that we know real well. Looks like it's going to be a 327 with a Muncie 21 behind it, four nine-inch rear end. Very, very simple, very clean-cut car. Um, looking at 67, 68 Camaro at this point, body-wise. Um, so See, just hop in, go live the dream. And to me, on the other end of that scale that you're, you're talking about with the Lamborghinis, there's somebody like me. I can't afford a Lamborghini, but now I don't know what his package is going to cost, but it would be something I'll bet I could save up enough money to eventually to at least do it yep. once. If you like to take your 1985 yep. Chevy C10 pickup truck down there with the six-cylinder no, no, and I want, give it a shot. No, I want to go down there and get his car that's built for that. In a race car. And then I want to leave afterwards. I don't want to have to tow it back home and worry about <laughs> I broke it. Yep. If that I break happens. it, it's his fault. <laughs> yep. Right. He gets a smile about it, fix it later. That's yeah. right. Okay. Or you so, can take and what do you do? Do you, do you drag the car back here after the event? Um, no, we've made uh, we made a couple trips to Mexico already looking at places to rent. So we would actually have a small shop down there, and we would have staff there that would maintain the cars. Um, we've got a couple American customers who have their own cars that want to store them in Mexico as well. And uh, that hub would be in Chihuahua. And uh, we would have their four cars stored plus our two and just work and maintain those six cars yep. and any you, other builds that come through. You just about have to because you wouldn't know when somebody would be available. I mean, like me, I could, might go down there on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday time thing, but I can't go on a weekend. So so you'd have to have it down there all the time to make use of it. I'm, I'm thinking this ready. is a good thing. He's thinking. He's, <laughs> he's thinking. Oh, boy. Wow. He's, that, that's he's already saving up some money. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, no, it, it's good fun. So what? Uh, what yeah, you got any customer cars in the shop uh, today? Um, biggest one I've got is the, uh, Falcon Falcon's getting ready to go. Uh, the 73 Ford Falcon XP GT 351, um, is about to leave. We're going to put it out as soon as it warms up a little bit, put it yeah. on a trailer, take it to the house. Uh, really 2002 BMW ready for paint. Uh, nothing major right now. Nothing Challenger major. in pieces. So now uh, th nothing th good. so this would be a good time for me to bring my C5 Corvette down there and have you look at the clutch. Well, we keep saying, bring that on, hang on down here. I know. <laughs> we did get, we, I, I keep did teasing you with it. Uh-huh. We did get some feedback from Galveston, so we have not received a no from Galveston yet on the uh, road race down there. Um, so we're looking at the airport and then a street circuit. Beeville, we're locked into three possibility of three dates. I'll have a news for you on that in the next two weeks, and this will be our vintage kind of uh, car event like Rosbeck Grand Prix. We'll operate under the same name. But, cool. it, but it won't More actually be in – yeah, it's not going to be in Grossbeck, though. No, it won't be in Grossbeck, but we're going to keep the name because that's what – the flavor of the event, the style right, of the right. event that we the want The attraction, yeah. 
Well, Very Richard, good. Uh, Richard, I, I hate to have to let you go, but we've got to move on. We've got a car review to do, and Mars is chomping at the bit to do it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that review. That's one I want to drive, too. So it's I great. appreciate it. As always, it's great to talk to you. Thanks, my Richard. Thank you, Richard. And, uh, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. He has always got so much stuff going on. I know he does. Kind of jealous in one way, <laughs> a little bit. Wait a minute. We can't handle three hours on a Saturday, and this guy does it every day. Yeah, I know. All right, time Saturday. now for this hour's car review here on the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. Mr. Mars had a chance to drive the Ford F-150 Lightning. Yes, the 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning EV. Now, Why does a 22 and not a 23? Couldn't tell you. All right. It's the year. Had so that's, to, had that's to ask. One more yeah, year different. Yeah. It's what was in available. Got it. So um, this is a full-size pickup truck. But it's an EV pickup truck, so it's very similar to the F-150. Uh, it's five-passenger. It's got a lot of flavor and a lot of the pieces off the F-150, but it's got a few special things. This is a half-ton pickup truck. Half-ton, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, for example, up front, it's got the power up and down trunk. So where, where you might pick up the hood for the, to look at the engine, that's actually a trunk space, and people have started calling it a frunk. And it's also got a power uh, tailgate on it. So you're also going to find this large, we had the large LED projector grill treatment. So this is an LED treatment that we wrapped all the way around the grill uh, along with the headlights. And at night, it really looks cool like it's like a big box square coming at you. And it also had something called the dynamic bending headlights, which I guess is what that is around there. I never could get a good understanding of that, but it looks really cool. Automatic high beams, uh, got power heated folding side mirrors with LED spotlights that are on them. Got a twin panel moonroof on it. 22 inch ebony white wheels now this is we were driving the white truck and but the wheels are almost flush you know it's part of that aerodynamics of part of the ev world and it was really sharp looking for what we had and i'm going through this fast because i want to talk about the driving so if i was looking at the outside of it i really like this particularly i like it better than the f-150 uh you go to the inside of it i had the black multi-contour leather seating up front was heated, air conditioning. The rear seats are heated and reclining and it had a workstation console. This is where the shifter actually folds down into the console and it folds out flat for you to work on it. Uh, it's a deal that Ford has. I don't see that being much use in the vehicle like this. To me, this is a very nice luxury pickup truck. That's the 15.5 inch screen in the dash. So you're going to find all your convenience controls, the 360 degree camera, the uh, Ford Sync 4A system. And the controls to the B&O unleashed automatic auto audio system with 18 speakers on it. Wow. I thought they built a railroad. Me too. B&O railroad. Yeah, or- but they have to have some sound with the, with the EV railroad. you got to have the right sound. Got it. So the powertrain on this, now this is a dual motor. There's a front and rear motor on this thing. And it comes in two different configurations based on the battery. There's a standard battery, extended battery. So the equivalent in the dual motor standard battery is 452 horsepower. If you roll over to the extended, then it's 580 horsepower equivalent. Now the torque, same thing, 775 in the standard, which is 98 kilowatt. And I thought it was very interesting in the extended. It's also 775 extended. And it shows this kind of thing shows up also in the tow rating. The standard tow rating with standard battery is 5,000 pounds. Uh, and the extended is 7,700. Now, if you get into the extended battery, the tow rating is 2,235 in the uh, standard battery, and the it, the other one's 1,952. So, so it's if you got the extended battery, you can't tow quite as much because they want to go further with that extended battery use of the power. 
We're going to get to that here well, real quick. Well, it's also quick. the weight of the extended battery reduces the tow capacity. Well, it does, but it is, I think it's got more to do with it. Now, I drove this thing 213 miles the week that I had it, and I made a trip over here to Houston. And uh, as far as that on the highway, the handling, the drive, it was great. I mean, this thing cruised. It's quiet. Uh, it got a little bit of road noise that was kind of I thought they could do better with uh, by the EV. Uh, the motor is quiet. Everything's quiet. I really like to drive in this vehicle. It handles really well, too. But now, I drove it, and I drove it. Um, I had a range. I started with a range of 237 miles range, and that was a 90% capacity of, of the 300. So I drove it 75.7 actual miles traveled, and I used, I drove it like I normally drive. I used 132 miles of range to do that. Now, I did have to get it charged before I could get back to home because I didn't have enough range at that capacity. So your fat foot ate up some range. Well, my fat foot, the audio, the air conditioning, everything else. I mean, I drove it like I normally drive. And Crazy. I drove, had drove it like to stop it. to get it charged. I was down to 13%, found a charger, and it cost me $18.38 to go from 13% to 90%, and it took 53 minutes to do that so that I could get home. And from did, where I was. Did now, the onboard system help you find the charger? Yes, it did. And I, I was looking for one that wasn't quite so far off the freeway. There were some closer. But I took that, and I took off my shoes so I could calculate this. To go the 300 miles travel that it says this vehicle can do on a charge, I, using this as an example, the way I drive, from, I would use up 528 miles worth of range power. That means I would have to stop and charge this thing three times to go that full 300 miles the way I drive, based on this example. Now, I'm sure that you Were could, you a wild Indian driving it or just no, regular? No, just the regular, just the way I always drive. I All mean, over the, the road. Which is a wild Indian. Yeah. The traffic's doing 75, I'm doing 75. Yeah, I got chases it. I got stuff. No, so, so don't drive like you. Anyway, so uh, that that's my experience driving this vehicle. Love the way it drove. It's got power. Ooh, it's got lots of power. If you step off into it at about well, two miles an hour. you did. Well, you had to try it. It was research. Uh, and we were driving the platinum level. So the base price for the EV Lightning is uh, $40,000. You can actually get into a stripper. I mean, it's stripped down for $40,000. But if you step up into the base price for this trim level, you're looking at $55,974. And the platinum, again, Nothing on the Monroney pre-production. Had to go out on the internet and do some searching. $96,874. Oh, my God. Now, if you're looking at something to compare that to, Chevrolet's got the Silverado EV coming out. You can get into that for as cheap as $39,900, which hits that $40,000 mark of the uh, Lightning. The GMC Sierra's got one coming, but I couldn't find anything on the pricing on it yet. And the Rivian's sitting out there at $67,500. I don't consider the Tesla truck even a viable candidate at this point. So as far as the Lightning goes, great driving truck, vehicle, plenty of torque and power. Again, range is a problem if you drive it the way I drive it. Don't right, drive it you, like sir. you drive it. The In-Wheel well, Time no. Car Talk show is available 24-7 <laughs> through the iHeartRadio app. Just look for In-Wheel Time Car Talk. We also video stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and InWheelTime.com. 30-minute podcast at your fingertips on over a dozen of the most popular podcast outlets out there. In-Wheel Time Car Talk show continues right after this quick break. 
Tailpipes and Tacos, Houston's premier car cruise-in returns Saturday, April 15th to the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy, 8 to 11 a.m. Bring your Hot Rod Classic, Resto Mod, or any other vehicle you'd like to show and compete for one of three highly coveted Chili Pepper trophies. This April 15th kickoff event is one you'll want to put on your calendar because 100% of the money you donate for the free tacos will be given to God's Garage. You heard right, free tacos. Whatever you decide to give, all of it will be given to God's Garage and matched by Loopy Tortilla. God's Garage gifts vehicles to single mothers, widows, and wives of deployed military in the greater Houston area. In fact, the garage will gift a vehicle to a mom in need at this special event. Be sure to attend the next Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise-In, Saturday, April 15th, 8 to 11 a.m. at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10. Free breakfast tacos for any donation to God's Garage. It'll make your heart and your belly feel good. You own a car you love. Why not let Gulf Coast Auto Shield protect it? Houstonian John Gray invites you to his state-of-the-art facility to introduce you to his specialist team of auto enthusiasts. We promise you'll be impressed. Whether you're looking to massage your original paint to a like-new appearance, apply a ceramic coating, install a paint protection film, nano-ceramic window tent, or new windshield protection called ExoShield, Gulf Coast Auto Shield is where Houston's car people go. Curbed your wheels? Instead of buying new, why not have them repaired? How about a professionally installed radar detector? Gulf Coast Auto Shield does that too. Get a peek inside the shop and look at the services offered by getting online and heading to gcautoshield.com. Better yet, stop by their facility at 11275 South Sam Houston Tollway, just south of the Southwest Freeway, and get a personal tour. Gulf Coast Auto Shield is your place to go for all things exterior. Call them today, 832-930-5655 or gcautoshield.com. The award-winning in real-time car talk show is available on the most popular podcast channels out there in 30-minute episodes. We realize our three-hour live show can be difficult to catch in its entirety, so now you can listen every day to a convenient, fresh 30-minute episode. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible, along with a dozen more. In Wheel Time has the most informative automotive guest interviews and new car reviews, along with popular features including Conrad's Car Clinic and This Week in Auto History, along with automotive news headlines. Our live broadcast airs every Saturday, 8 to 11 Central, on InWheelTime.com, the iHeart app, and on YouTube. Be sure to say hello when we're broadcasting from the Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise In, Autorama, and the Houston Auto Show, among others. Now, it's easier than ever to hear about all things automotive all week long. You're invited to join fellow car enthusiasts in becoming part of the ever-growing in-wheel-time car talk family. Don't forget those 30-minute podcast episodes on your favorite podcast channel. That's it for this podcast episode of the In-Wheel-Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.